Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. got to do one thing just to set up and that is reverb no that is <laughs> so that all three cameras i can line them up with like you know clapperboard ah yes and also the audio of that clap's going to come through so i can line it all up i like it very professional uh, you, know, uh, you know i'm learning i'm learning right straight in no messing well, I'm just going to leave it to pause, and then I'm going to introduce it. Mm. What you got there, beer, cider? Beer. Because mm. that's what I do, I drink my new things. <laughs> Good old beer. All right. We're going. <laughs> okay. Today's episode, 1947, <gasps> was the year... The world went crazy about flying saucers. Mm, started in 1947. It was in 1947. Imagine this. World War II has just ended a couple of years before. The Cold War has just started. America versus the Soviets. No one knows what's going on in the skies, but there's these strange things appearing. And particularly by one man, Kenneth Arthur, started it all off. He was a civilian pilot flying over the United States... I'm not sure what he was doing up there. There's rumours that he was searching for crashed planes or something like that. I'm not sure what his intended mission was for the flight. But he was overtaken by several objects moving at absolutely wild speeds. Speeds that he couldn't imagine at that time in 1947. Mm. And when he landed and reported it, he described them as moving as though a saucer skipping over a pond. Okay. Now, we're not sure if we, he was describing the shape of the craft or whether he was just simply trying to describe the movement, but that, that's how he described it. And the papers ran with it. They loved it. Um, and next day, flying saucers, you know, all over the headlines. <laughs> Everywhere. being invaded. <laughs> all right, so, and that's what kicked it off. Now, so can I, can I just ask, yeah. at this point, 
with the flying saucers, was there any mention of aliens at all or just the flying saucers? Just flying saucers. Just flying saucers. Just flying saucers. That's all it was reported. No one knew what they were. They didn't know if it was a, like a Soviet invention. You know, there might be Soviet spies on them or something like that. No one really knew. It was the start of the Cold War. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, nothing to do with aliens had ever been suggested at this point. Okay, so this is a fresh This thing. is this a is... fresh story. Absolutely fresh. And obviously, at that time, newspapers were the only way that it was, you know, this news was being passed around. Mm-hmm. No one had TV, if it was even invented back then. Uh, radio was invented, but not everybody had one in their house uh, or, or a telephone. So th- was this the classic days of you got the little kid on the bike throwing the newspapers, hitting your front door? Absolutely. And that's how you got your news. Yeah, people actually oh, yeah. saw in black and white. There was no color back then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So there's this rancher. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went by the name of uh, Mac Brazzle. Mm. And he lived on a ranch and worked a ranch not too far from Roswell, New Mexico. Mm. And as he was out one day, wandering around his ranch, as he does, he found some shimmering metal artifacts on the floor, some wreckage, if you like. Mm -hmm. And being a responsible rancher, what did he do? He picked it up and he shoved it under a brush to forget about it. And he did forget about it for several (laughs) weeks. Okay. Until he went into town and picked up a copy of the local newspaper, or it was a national newspaper, with the headlines of flying saucers are invading and all this sort of thing. But even if that was airplane wreckage, why would you hide that in a bush and just... Forget about it. Surely you'd report that. He just someone. didn't want his sheep tripping up on it and getting, you know, damaged ankles or whatever. Oh, so he just wasn't that bothered. He just thought, you know, I'll hide this wreckage and come back to it another time. Yeah, basically. Um, and that's what he did until he found the newspaper. And then he sort of put two and two together and he was like, oh, well, if these flying saucers are in the sky, maybe one's crash landed. Mm-hmm. So he went back to his ranch, picked up the stuff. On a Monday morning, took it down the sheriff's office in Roswell. The sheriff naturally didn't necessarily think it was aliens either, but it could be Soviet in design, you know, spy plane or something like that could be. So he rang up the military, Roswell Army Air Base, Mm -hmm. and they sent out um, a guy called Major Jesse Marcel. Mm. He was the first military man on point there to actually witness it. And he is the guy that gathered up all the wreckage, stuck it in his truck, and took it home to his wife and kid for the night. <laughs> okay. Perfect. As you do. Professional. Yeah, yeah as you do. <laughs> and so, yeah, they had a, a nice night looking through all his wreckage. And we'll, we'll revisit that in a little while, because his son actually becomes a major sort of uh, factor in, in the story in later years. Oh, okay. Um, but, yeah, the next day, he took the wreckage into the military base, reported it, said, ah, what we believe we've got in maybe a, a downed UFO, a, well, a flying saucer. UFOs weren't, you know, I think. Oh, UFO came after flying yeah, saucer. Yeah, the term UFO was much later. They, they okay. were just flying saucers at the time. And uh, so that's what they did. They re- released this report to the media saying, oh, we find this, this crashed flying saucer. Mm. And the newspaper published it, as they do. Because that's what journalists yeah. do, isn't it? And then the next day, the commanding officer, even higher up, came into work, put his feet up on the desk, read the paper. What's on the front page? We recovered a flying saucer. We can't be saying that. Oh, they're sweeping under the rug. That sort of thing. 
we haven't confirmed it. So he sent an order, bring me the wreckage. I want to see this for myself. Mm-hmm. And he got like his, I don't know, a mechanic or something like that to come and confirm it with him. And it, in a few hours, they identified it as a weather balloon, the wreckage of a weather balloon. Mm. Now, this this is not too far-fetched, to be honest, at this point. The, the, the military, well, not in the military, but scientists were using weather balloons to study weather patterns. And also, the other thing is that the military were sending up high-powered microphones on weather balloons so they'd go high up into the atmosphere. Remember, this is 1947, Cold mm-hmm. War, post-First World War. America had shown their hand. The world knew they had nuclear technology. The two drums that they'd dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki were big news. You know, Everybody knew yeah. that they'd got the atomic bomb. But America didn't know if Russia had got the atomic bomb. So at this point in time... With the Cold War and everything, I'm assuming everything is military. Everything's kind of war based. Everyone's still on their toes. There, there's not a sense of peace at this time. I'm guessing in 1947, there is peace, but it's an edgy time. Okay, you know, no, no military factor, whether it's U.S. or Russia, wants to show off what they've got. Mm. You know, they don't want to show any advantage or disadvantage. Keeping their cards close to the chest. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's basically what they chalked it down to. It was a weather balloon. All right, they were using it for maybe some clandestine purposes with a high-powered microphone, just trying to see if they could hear and detect atomic bombs being let off over Russia. Mm, you know? Okay. Because if you, could, you can't see that far, the curvature of the Earth, which we'll cover in a different episode, um, <laughs> prevents it, but you can hear. <laughs> what do you mean? The Earth is flat. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah. That's what it got chalked up as, and to be honest, Roswell fell into the history books, and everybody just kind of forgot about it. There's no more mention of like flying saucers, UFOs, or anything like that until the late seventies. Oh, when... we're skipping quite a far oh, ahead. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so for for twenty years, people just didn't. Thirty years. Thirty years. 30 they just years. didn't care. They didn't were like... care. Got forgotten about. Swept under the table. Oh yeah, because you said that they. The guy found out on the front page and mm-hmm. swept it all under the rug. And so 30 years have gone by and everyone just kind of forgot about yeah, it. Yeah, everybody's forgotten about it. Until this one guy, mm-hmm. a ufologist. Oh. UFOs are now starting to increase in sightings, you know, around the world. There are people that are starting to take interest. And this one guy, Stanton Friedman. Oh, what a name. Yeah, he's he's quite well-known in the ufology world. Mm-hmm. He's got quite a recognisable face. I'll show you a picture sometime. Uh, for those of us watching the video podcast, I might find a picture of him and put that on the screen. Um, he He's quite predominant in the ufology circles. And he went and found um, Major Jesse Marcel, who at this point had retired as a lieutenant colonel or something like that. And it was at this point that Jesse Marcel came out about some of the things that were not disclosed about the wreckage. Oh. It was then that Marcel admitted that he didn't think the wreckage had come from any man-made object. Mm, So not a weather balloon. Not a weather balloon. Not by the looks of things. There's a very famous picture, I'm sure if you've ever 
um, looked into Roswell at all, you'll recall a picture, a black and white picture of a military dressed man crouching on the floor, holding what looks like like a sheet of tin foil. No, the only thing I know about Roswell is there was a, a flying saucer crash. It's okay. the only thing I know. So okay. I've not seen a picture. I've not. Well, I will find you the picture. Okay. If my phone will let me. <laughs> so, um, so this guy, this is not not the son that you said we'll come back to. This is the actual. This is the actual guy. If I can find a picture of him. And he, I'm guessing he was quite high up in the military. Uh, well, he was a major. Well, the thing, uh, originally he was part of the uh, nuclear bomb testing. So that's what, oh, there, here's the picture. Look, see? Okay. No, I've not seen that before, You've but not that's seen that very picture. interesting. That is a very famous picture. Okay. is Did that make the newspapers or? Yeah, that was in the newspapers. Uh, but when Stanton Friedman interviewed Jesse Marcel, Marcel indicated that they had actually um, faked those pictures. They, uh, uh, it was done to make it look as though it was just natural uh, wreckage that they'd found. He is, in fact, actually holding just tinfoil. And he said, <laughs> in the interview with Friedman, he said they'd reconstructed the wreckage because they had, in fact, found this tinfoil-like sheet of metal, but he said you couldn't bend it. Solid. It was solid. It didn't have an ounce of flex in it. And that tinfoil in that picture that I just showed you obviously has creases and crimples in it. And it is mm. just tinfoil. So they've recreated the, the wreckage specifically for the purpose of, you know, misdirecting. So it was as thin as tinfoil. It was as thin as tinfoil. Sturdy. But as strong as steel. Wow. You couldn't bend it at all. Uh, there was also, uh, not featured in that picture... But um, Jesse Marcel Jr., his son, uh, talked quite openly about a, a, a metal bar or beam. Not sure exactly what dimensions were, how big it was, but it was emblazoned with purple hieroglyphs that he'd never seen. They weren't Egyptian, it weren't Greek or anything like that. Different language. A completely unknown language, unknown symbols, never mm. seen before or since. Wow, okay. And this wreckage has all been taken away and put wherever the government put it. And Marcel then also admitted to having a visit several nights after taking the wreckage into uh, the military compound from a group of gentlemen who uh, just identified themselves as his superiors. Although when he asked, you know, what um, cabinet they work for, they said, "Uh, we work for a department that you wouldn't recognize. (laughs) That's a great, great voice for a like detective style person. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But that is very well the first recorded instance of the men in black. Oh, I like the men in black. I like the conspiracy theory of the men in black. Not the film, not the, not the film. Not well, men in black is something Uh, we may cover in future episodes. Okay. That's my take is I think, I believe personally that that is the first instance of the men in black coming into public life. See, when, when you said he had a visit, my brain went aliens. No, no, so. no. We, we've not seen any. <laughs> no, no, actually that's a fair point to make because Stanton Friedman didn't just interview Major Jesse Marcel. He also interviewed several other people that were reported to be there handling the wreckage, helping clearing it up. That sort of thing. 
several people claimed that they saw alien bodies. In the wreckage? In the wreckage. And they were taken back to the military base along with the metal and whatever else was discovered. Major Jesse Marcel never, ever claimed to see bodies. Just the wreckage. Just the wreckage. Just the foils-type yeah. material. And- uh, some other people also claimed to see a ga- great gouge in the ground where the UFO had sort of scraped away the, the topsoil mm. as it was coming down, you know? Again, Marcel never claimed to see that. All he saw was quite widely dispersed wreckage. Yeah. It, it was sort of over the area of, like, nearly a square mile. You know, the, the, the stuff covered quite an area of ground. So an actual gouge out of the ground, very unlikely. And bodies, Marcel never claimed to see that. That was only other people that may have only had a passing sort of... Uh, oh, what do I want to say? <laughs> they, they, they might not have been fully uh, part of the, the, the actual clearings. Or, okay, or, or yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 so it's highly speculative. The government did uh, come come back to that about the bodies, saying, oh, it must be crash test dummies because they'd been uh, doing altitude tests, dropping crash test dummies out of planes uh, to see what the effects of parachutes were on see, human bodies. Because parachutes were only an early invention at the time. Okay, yeah. That's, the thing uh... is, those tests weren't carried out until 1953. Five years later. So if it's to be believed that people saw bodies, it cannot have been crash test dummies. See, I was going to say, they've already contradicted themselves with the weather balloon, and now they're saying crash test dummies. Well, the crash so. test dummies, I suppose, could have been attached to the weather balloon, but it's very unlikely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why would you need them up? We're basically talking about two different experiments here, aren't we? A weather balloon and crash test dummies being tested for parachute, whatever. Yeah. It's got to be two different things. Mm-hmm. They can't be related, uh, and the, the alien bodies, particularly since Marcel himself, you know, openly stated, "No, I didn't see anything alien bodies. It was just wreckage, wreckage that I can't necessarily explain. I don't, I, I don't believe that it was of this world." Mm. And he, obviously, Marcel didn't really enter the public spotlight any further after that, but his son did. And his son has been on various television programs. He's written books. Uh, I believe uh, Stanton Friedman, the ufologist that was mm-hmm. interviewing them, wrote the foreword to his book, you know, saying how dedicated he was to the truth and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, he was an upstanding citizen, you know, doing his best, doing his, you know, to explain the, the real true events. I don't have the book to reference from, I'm afraid. Um, we'll find it. But, you know, I'm going with what I've researched and what I believe is sort of the true facts. Mm-hmm. And I've got to say, mate, uh, on the paranormal paranormality scale that we discussed in the pilot episode that we were going to go, mm-hmm. this story starts off with a very, very low paranormality. Yeah, I, I thought it was a weather balloon. To yeah, we're talking one, two, tops, three, three out of ten on the paranormality scale. But with the, you know, in the seventies and eighties, with these interviews that Stan and Friedman was doing, I mean, it does come up a little bit, particularly when they're yeah. saying you couldn't bend a sheet of metal that's as light and you know thin as tin foil. Yeah, it reminds me of that. Um, I think it was you that told me about that that <laughs> element. <laughs> <laughs> the element that's not in this 
or from this world. Uh, element one one fifteen one fifteen. Uh, this that no, that's yeah. That, we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit there. <laughs> it just reminds me of that where the the sheet of metal clearly isn't from this earth. No, exactly. Um, the thing is, when we go into that sort of thing, um, if you could actually get hold of that wreckage and that that metal, we can test whether the metal even comes from this area of the galaxy. Mm, okay. Because all metals are formed when stars basically go supernova, um, or particularly giant stars go massive explosions. They create all of the heavy elements, gold, silver, steel, you know, uh, well, iron is basically a star killer. Um, but all metals have like an isotopic value. Uh, which kind of means like how many molecules make up that metal. And the isotopic value is very much contained within a very small area of the galaxy. So whatever made, whatever star blew up and made aluminium on our planet or aluminum to aluminum to Americans say, (laughs) um, that aluminum or aluminium, uh, would have a different isotopic value to an aluminium that was made on the other side of the galaxy. Oh, okay. So you yeah, can easily test whether it's even an Earth-based metal mm. by checking the isotopic value within that metal. But obviously we don't have the metal to test it. That's locked away in a government bunker yeah, somewhere. No one's seen it since. No one's seen it since. And we just don't know whether well, it's from the Earth or not. The thing that makes me think it's gone up in the paranormality scale is the purple hieroglyphics because clearly there's a different language going on Uh, that that in itself to me gives me a bit of the shivers bit of the heebie-jeebies so i'd have to put it higher because of that yeah Um, i i think so too and a lot of the interviews that jesse marcel jr came forward and said he talked a lot about sort of playing with that wreckage and and you know just the weird properties of it Mm. Uh, the, the fact that when they really try, I think they tried to bend it with a vice or something like that. And it just, even if they could get a little bit of bend on it, just sprang straight back into, into place. Wow. They, they couldn't, it wasn't like a bar of iron, you know, yeah. or, or a metal stake and a fencing stake, if you like, but you, if you bend it on your knee, it will stay bent. You know, mm-hmm. this was almost like it had been quenched. So it was always going to pop Ooh, quench. Back That's a lovely word. Uh, well, you know, in metallurgy. <laughs> Uh, but it would spring back into, into into the shape that it was designed to be in, and they couldn't damage it. It wouldn't mm. scratch. It wouldn't. They, they you know, you, you couldn't etch into it with anything, anything that they got at the time. Maybe with a high power laser like we've got these days, you might be able to etch into it. But with nothing that they'd got at the time, they could not damage it. Mm. So how does an undamageable sheet of metal come to be damaged in the middle of a freaking desert? Yeah. I mean, also, how did no one else see it? Because I'm I'm also thinking if you get asteroids, comets, uh, things like that, it's going to leave a crater. It's going to you're going to see the flames or whatever coming across the sky. So, how did this land? It was it a ranch or a? It was a ranch. A ranch. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually a, I think it's about eighty miles from uh, Roswell. It's so it's in clo- the middle, closer to a town of uh, Corona, Ooh. but in New Mexico. So that we is... We all love a bit of Corona. 
<laughs> keeping it modern. So it's it's in the middle of nowhere then. Yeah, it is absolutely in the middle of okay. nowhere. Okay, well that rules that out then. The ranch itself is probably I don't know tens of or hundreds of square miles, acres. And yeah, in like acres, hectares, however you want to measure your land, probably is massive. So I, I want to know more. So what happened in the end? Then it was just these the guy Stanton um, working with Marcel Junior. Uh, yeah, making well, books and that's give- all they've done basically ever since. So, um, um, uh, Stanton Friedman has gone on to be one of the most world-renowned ufologists. Anybody who claims to have been abducted, he's the guy that operated on them and got all the little chips out and all that sort of thing. Oh, very you know, well respected. Though. Well respected within the UFO community. He's basically like the number one ufologist. He invented the term, if you like. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, you you could pick up his book. And read it um, to, to get more information. Um, but to me, the the early part of the story, like I said, very low on the paranormality scale. Mm-hmm. But by the end of it, when you start interviewing people and getting their the inside story, not just the official story, it starts going up and up and up and up. And I, I personally, I'd like to settle that around about a six or a seven on the paranormality okay. scale because. I mean, the problem is we can't prove it these days. We can't. We can't get the wreckage and analyze it. We can't send it to a lab somewhere and say, "Is this of planet Earth or is it from somewhere else?" You know, mm. we just don't have that ability. Uh, wherever that wreckage is, it is buried at the bottom of a bunker somewhere. There's no way of finding There's it. There's no way of finding it. The, the government are never going to release it for anal- analysis anyway, are they? They never do anything to help us out. No. So <laughs> all we can do is go by the research that these people did back in the 70s and 80s. Some of it we got a disregard. But alien bodies, I think we got a disregard. Because that obviously leads on to the um, the auto- alien autopsy video. Yes. But... Hello, one of the cameras is going funny. <laughs> it doesn't like me. Yeah, but the alien autopsy video, again, was debunked, uh, and the people who created it kind of came out and said, yeah, it was a fake. Yeah, it was a puppet or something. Exactly. So, you know, where people have been trying to tie these two events together, it, it, it's quite flimsy. So it brings it back down. The I always assumed scale. those two things were linked together. Well, I think you meant to believe that they are. Yeah. But I don't think they are. I, I, because I, I do believe that that was a, a fake video. Mm-hmm. Um, the alien did look freaky, though. It was a very well that made gave me nightmares. Puppet. Yeah, it was very well made, <laughs> very well taken apart, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, those two events, I, I think they clearly didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love, I would so love f- to believe that they did find alien bodies there. There was even rumour that one of them was still alive and they interviewed it and all that sort of thing. You, know? you interviewed an alien? <laughs> yeah, but at the end of the day, like I say, um, Jesse Marcel, Major Jesse Marcel, the first military man on the scene, he didn't he, he didn't see any. They were, As far mm. as he's concerned, they weren't there. This is just fabrications from other people who were getting a little bit excited about it. And that's what I believe. But I still believe that you know, what he said about the metal and like the hieroglyphs and that sort of thing, particularly yeah. like his son's been going on for years and years and years. I think he only died like a couple of few years ago, about mm-hmm. 2017 at the age of like 71 or something like that. Um, please don't correct me if I'm wrong internet. Uh, <laughs> I know he died in his seventies. Um, but 
yeah, I, I think there's a, a lot of scope for it to be something strange mm. that they weren't. A, they probably didn't even think of it at the time because no one had encountered anything like this before. Yeah, and the, the, I think the government's own natural ability to call, to call it a weather balloon is they're just trying to make sense of it because they don't know anything about extraterrestrials yeah. or outer space or you know any of this stuff. And uh, they just got a pile of metal wreckage. Oh, just the most likely thing is a weather balloon. Yeah, so yeah. They, it was probably shock as well, wasn't it? Exactly. Just... Yes. So I, st- but I still think there's enough in there to give it. Above a five, I, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to settle right six. Six, six. I, I think ten. six is fair. You think that's fair? Yeah, I mean, I was going to give it a five, but then with the hieroglyphs, like you say, the the steel, the well, the the metal. Uh, yeah, I think a six is fair. Yeah, it's, if there was alien bodies and stuff involved, you'd have to give it a seven. I'd, if there was genuinely alien bodies involved, I think we'd be going up to an eight. But yeah, I would need more proof. Yeah, I, I definitely would. need more proof. I mean, at, at this point, it is such a long time ago, and it's just you've got to take these stories and things as as gospel, haven't you? Because, like you say, the guy died in his seventies, so you know you have to kind of only go by the stories. You haven't got those people to speak to today. No, so books, stories, Wikipedia. But I mean, this this is literally probably the first and world's biggest government conspiracy. It's a classic, isn't it? You, it is a classic. Everyone knows yeah. but the word Roswell. If you look on Wikipedia, it is fairly claimed to be debunked. No. Yeah, everybody's gone over the evidence that is available time and time and time again. The government to this day still insists that it was a weather balloon. Okay, it might have been this super secret special kind of weather balloon that's mm. got a microphone on it to detect Russians, but it's still, at the end of the day... The official report, weather balloon. Mm, that makes me sad. It, it is a little bit sad. See, I, and all we can go by is the opinions of people who were there at the time. Yeah. But are no longer with us. And yeah. it's sad. It's, you know, it was, we're now, this year, at the time of this recording, it was 75 years since the event. It's a long time ago. And I think we've just got to put a lid on it now. <laughs> we're done with Roswell. <laughs> we, we've, we've, it's got to be. I mean, Roswell itself has done really well out of it commercially. It is the center of the UFO world, isn't it? Yeah. Let's face it. You, if you've heard of aliens and you haven't heard of Roswell, who the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs> I imagine Roswell have a lot of tourists as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lots so they're of booming. They're happy. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to lie. I've put it down to a five now. You it was it a six. A but now that they've debunked it, five. No, well, no, because, yeah. I mean, the official term is that they've debunked it. But yeah. I still think there's a little wiggle room there. I'm still, I'm leaving it as a six. My personal opinion. <laughs> All right, we'll I'll go for a six. A six. So. You haven't got to agree with me. You can have your own. 5.5. 5.5. Five. <laughs> <laughs> I'll meet you halfway. Literally halfway. Oh, I'll meet yeah. you there. 5.5. That's a good place to be. <laughs> anyway, I think we're around about at the end of our time. Uh, let us know in the comments section, if there's a comment section, where you download your podcasts or watch your podcast, what you think, whether you agree with the paranormality scale and our uh, our rating. Uh, and if you don't agree, then that's even better because we love a de- topical debate. And if you'd like to get in touch with us with your story, get in touch at paranormality.uk at gmail.com. And one of us will get back to you. And we'd love to hear your story as well, because we love hearing 
Other we do. Stories. Yeah, I really want to hear some more stories. I like the personal experiences of things and aliens, ghosts, conspiracy theories. Even if people have heard today's episode and they've got stuff to add to the Roswell, maybe things that we couldn't find or maybe discuss. Maybe. They might even sway us to move the scale a little bit. I could end up at a six what, with like negative figures. <laughs> well, <laughs> it depends if they want to debunk it anymore. I might end up as a four at this point. But you never know. It could make me go up to a six with you. Right I, I, I'm going to settle suddenly at about a six. I, I, it's, you know, because it's hard to sway either way. I mean, I mean, you've got to give it respect. It is one of the originals. It is. Roswell. It's an original. So. It is. Um, but it, uh, at the end of the day, you, you, kind of, you can only take those later interviews to actually give it that sort of paranormal sort of mm. edge. Other than that, it is just find some crash wreckage. Oh, yeah. tell the military. Oh, it's fucking weather balloon. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. Story done. <laughs> yeah, everywhere online says it's a weather balloon. So, uh, yeah, okay, cool. But anyway, that was my take on Roswell. Uh, this is episode well, I guess this, this is probably episode one, because we did a, a, a <laughs> an introduction. An introduction. We did a pilot before, but we didn't do video on that one. So this one is going to be, particularly for YouTube, is going to be episode one. Uh, Josh, what are you bringing to us for episode two? I said that you could uh, take on one. Well, oh, well, you know me, I'm into my conspiracy <coughs> theories. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some research. I might do Mandela effects. I might do Birds Aren't Real. I might do... <laughs> Some sort of some sort of conspiracy, I imagine, because that's my bread and butter. Okay. I love a good conspiracy theory. I might carry on with today's and maybe delve into the Men in Black. Is, oh, is that technically a conspiracy theory? Well, uh, it's it's certainly interesting enough to make a podcast out of. <laughs> well, I've seen videos. Oh, I've, I've seen some videos of some real life Men in Black. I haven't seen them in real life, but I have seen some videos that are very convincing. Ah. There, there is no, one, no, no, no. Uh, Say yeah, no more. I'll, I'll Say no go. more. We'll leave it for you for the for the next episode. <laughs> so, if you're looking forward to that, tune in on a release date. Not sure when that'll be yet, but tune we'll in, <laughs> download it, watch it on YouTube, however you like to watch us, and we will see you again next time. Thank you very much. Ta ta.